KYW News Radio Original Podcasts. What do we know about the Earth's core? Well, it's hot, like really hot, almost 9,000 degrees Fahrenheit hot. It's as big as the moon, and the rotation of Earth's inner core is slowing down. Earth as a whole rotates, but interestingly, it seems that it doesn't all rotate exactly together. Dr. Eric Jenton is a professor of astronomy at Swarthmore College. He says this change in rotation is part of a cycle of how fast or slow the core spins. But since it's new, scientists are unsure if it's considered a pattern. It is key to have this time baseline that then when we look at things down the road in the future, we have something to compare to and then we can start to look for longer term patterns. I'm Matt Leon, and today on KYW News Radio In Depth, we look into what makes up the Earth's core and how its change in rotation affects us. So, the Earth core, give us a quick primer here. Kind of overall, how does this work? The Earth is not the same all the way through. I mean, we kind of take that for granted, but it doesn't have to be that way. You know, it's like you make a snowball, right? And it's about the same on the inside and it is on the outside. But because of how hot the Earth was very early in its formation, so basically a lot of small bodies, rocks and things smashed into each other and gradually over time built up a bigger and bigger planet. And that was all really hot, hot enough to melt, not only to melt rock, but to melt metal. And as it formed, the heaviest material sank to the middle. And then as it gradually cooled, we're left with that sort of layered structure. So what we have with Earth is that the heaviest stuff, which is mostly iron and nickel, is this core that is a little bit smaller than the moon, but a pretty good chunk of metal there. And then there's what's called the mantle, the rock part that's on the outside. And then we have the very thin crust on the top. So yeah, so the core is this metallic iron and nickel chunk that's at the middle of our planet. So explain what was recently discovered is that the the core has slowed its its spin and i've seen things that say it may actually reverse what are we seeing here right i think the reversing is a little bit misleading so let's talk about what that means so the earth as a whole rotates but interestingly it seems that it doesn't all rotate exactly together so the inner core and we can talk about measurements in a little bit of how we know this the inner core slips or moves at just a very slightly different rate than the rest of the planet. Now, the whole planet is still rotating once every day. There's not anything spinning backwards on the inside like Superman, you know, reversing the spin of the Earth. But the sense in which it's going backwards, so if, so the way I was thinking about it is if you think about driving down the highway and there's a car that's ahead of you that's going a little bit faster than you are, they're pulling ahead, right? Now, let's say that they get nervous that they're going to get a speeding ticket. So they slow down just a little bit, still going forward, but going a little bit, maybe not speeding quite as much as they were before, and you're not worried about it. And then you you pass that car. And if you look out the back window, then that car is going backwards compared to you. But really, you're both still going forwards at about the same speed. They're going just a little bit slower than you are. So that's the way to think about the outer part of the earth and the inner core, which is Everybody's going forward, but there's just little bit differences over time in which thing is going just a little bit faster 
or a little bit slower. So what these researchers have measured, what they measured in the past was that the core was rotating maybe just a tiny bit faster than the outer part of the the Earth. And by a tiny bit faster, I mean, if you watched both of them for a whole year, so spinning 360 degrees a day for 365 days, then the difference in where they had gotten to was maybe a about a degree or so, you know, one degree out of 360 degrees. So we're talking about a pretty small difference. But on the other hand, it's a pretty big chunk of material. And so it represents some some energy there. And then what the new measurements are is that past behavior of the core getting a little bit ahead of the rest of the planet has stopped or maybe even slow reversed in a sense, slowed down a little bit. So now the inner core is just rotating maybe ever so slightly slower than the rest of the planet. How is this measured? Like, what do we do? How do we know this? Yeah, right. It's pretty amazing that we know anything about it at all, right? It's all the way down there in the middle. Basically, the way that we know things about the interior of the Earth is what's through what's called seismology. So basically measuring earthquakes. And so when an, when an earthquake happens, obviously the people who are on the surface near where the earthquake happens feel big shock waves from that. But those disturbances also don't just travel on the surface. They also travel downwards through the Earth. And it turns out that as they travel downwards through the Earth, the paths don't go like straight down to the to the center of the Earth. They get bent in sort of the same way that light going through a prism or light passing from air into water gets bent a little bit. Maybe you've seen sometimes if you like prop something in a tank of water and you look at the part that's out of the water and you look at the part that's under the water, you actually see a little bit of a kink there because of the way that the water slows down the light. The same thing happens. These waves get bent in the inside of the earth, depending on basically how dense or how stiff that inner material is. And then they get bent and they actually curve all the way around and then they come back up at other places on earth and we can measure them. And so what these researchers did was they looked at a series of earthquakes that had actually happened in the South Pacific, but the signals from that were measured later in Alaska. So basically, you're seeing this shaking that has passed all the way through the inside of the Earth, and how fast it arrives carries some information about how stiff or how dense that inside part of the Earth is. And it turns out that sometimes with particular faults, you get pairs of earthquakes that have almost the same behavior. The fault slips a little bit, and then it waits for a while, and then it slips a little bit again, and that has sort of a characteristic signal. And so by looking at these pairs that should look the same and should travel through the same part of the Earth, they found that over time, they didn't take the same amount of time to travel through the Earth. And that told us that something had rearranged itself inside the Earth during that time. And so by looking at a bunch of that kind of data over time, they're able to measure basically a shift between the outer and inner parts of the the earth that sort of rearranged how these earthquakes behave. Is this bad? This was the plot of a terrible movie about (laughs) 10, 15 years ago where the core stopped and all heck broke loose on the surface. Is there anything to worry about with this? There is nothing to worry about with this. As usual, Hollywood disaster movies are not necessarily a good guide to what you should should worry about on on Earth. It's cool that we can measure this, but that's kind of where it is. You know, it's advancing our knowledge of what's going on inside the Earth. It's a neat thing, but nothing to worry about. 
Is this something now that we can say happens every couple hundred years or anything like that? Or are we kind of in new territory? Yeah, we're kind of in new territory here. We have, we've been able to do measurements like this, you know, monitoring earthquakes for maybe 50, 60 years now, maybe a little bit more than that. And so before that, we don't really have a good sense of what happened. And there, and in this new work, the authors state that this is part of a cycle of this sort of gradually speeding up or, or slowing down. But looking at the data, it's a little bit hard. I mean, it's pretty clear that something's changed. It's a little harder to tell whether there's a pattern or not, because we just don't quite have enough data yet to say that. We need to take a break. We will have more with Dr. Eric Jensen right after this. This is KYW News Radio In-Depth. And we are back continuing our conversation about the Earth's core with Dr. Eric Jensen, professor of astronomy at Swarthmore College. Is there anything that would indicate that this could have any kind of an effect going forward with just regards, and I don't mean anything disastrous, but just any kind of climate change or like anything yeah. that could we that would be tangible to the average person? Yeah, not really that the average person would notice. There there are a couple other things that we can measure. The relationship between the outer between the core and the mantle is part of what makes the Earth act like a giant magnet, right? We have a north magnetic pole, and if you have a compass, it points towards that pole. What's generating that magnetic field is partly this rotation of this big piece of iron in the, the middle of the planet. And so if that does change, you can see small changes in Earth's magnetic field. Rearrangements like this can also make very, very slight changes in the length of the day. And so you could say, oh, that's good. You know, my workday is going to get shorter, something like that. By slight changes, I mean like a fraction of a millisecond or something like that. So not that you're real. So it is something we could measure on the surface, but not really something that uh, that anybody's going to notice. But having access to to this data and kind of understanding how this works, does this kind of open up things that we could learn, you know, kind of going forward in the big picture? There's a there's a lot to be learned from this. Yeah, I mean, as always, there's a lot to be learned. And one of the one of the the things that this is important for is that anything and I think about this sometimes with astronomy, too, with looking at the sky, anything that varies in time over these longer time scales you want to have something to compare to from the past, but you can't go back and, you know, it's like you wish you had that data from the past. So getting that baseline. So it's not like a chemistry experiment where we can change the conditions and then we can see what happens if we we change it. You know, we've only got one Earth and it's doing whatever it's doing so we can watch it and try to figure out what happens. But it is key to have this time baseline that then when we look at things down the road in the future, we have something to compare to, and then we can start to look for longer-term patterns. And it is interesting, because things like the core, and I kind of put, like, very, very deep sea, like, we, in the relative, considering what we know about other things, like, including, like, space and the moon and all, we know, like, it seems like very little about these areas on our own planet, right? Yeah, that's exactly right. It's really, it's really remote, right? Deep ocean inside of the Earth. You know, I, I sort of look at it, it's like, it's amazing we know anything at all you know, that we can do it, but people figure out clever ways to do it. And there's, you know, there's definitely a lot more to learn about about what's going in inside. And definitely the more you learn, the more your simple picture of, oh, this is all just one smooth distribution that's behaving like a solid rotating ball, the more those kind of simple pictures start to, to break down and you need a little deeper understanding of that. But yeah, lots, lots to explore. 
Why do you think there's less exploration in our own earth in those types of remote where we've got to drill down? Is it a lack of technology? Is it just more, for lack of a better term, exciting to look to the skies? And because it seems like there's a lot more focus, you know, going to space and going outward, but you don't hear a lot of talk about let's drill down a hundred miles and, and see what we can find. Is it, we don't have the technology to, to, to really do that. Yeah, on that I level? think that's mostly it. I mean, it's just, it's just really hard to do. You know, there, there have been advances in, you talked about the ocean before in ships or, or, you know, submersibles that can go down to these really great depths. Pressure is super high. If you've ever, you know, I used to, when I was a kid, dive down to the bottom of the 10 foot part of the swimming pool and my ears would start to hurt. So if you imagine that that's like, you know, 20,000 feet or something like that, then the pressure is just enormous. And so just even building something that can survive that deep is hard, you know, going into the earth, it's really tough to go down that far, gets really hot conditions, conditions are really extreme. And so people do people do study it, and they make the best of what they can, you know, these earthquakes are, are naturally occurring probes that send signals through the earth, but you kind of have to wait for them to happen. Back when there used to be more nuclear testing, that actually was a probe, was essentially a a human-made earthquake that people could measure the signals from as well. Not advocating that that's a good way to go for for studying the, the earth. And so, yeah, it's just, it's, you know, people are clever in making the best use of what we can, but it's challenging to try to push it farther in terms of of exploring that more i think that's it for this episode of kyw news radio in depth you can listen to the podcast free anytime on the odyssey app and you can find it wherever you listen to your favorite shows i'm matt leon and we'll have another episode out soon